Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. I hope that you're enjoying our study of glory this month from the last half of the book of John. This is my third attempt this morning to try to record this little dig a bit. I have my little three-year-old granddaughter with me, Colleyanna. And so we may be interrupted, but if we are interrupted this time, I'm probably just going to shoo her out of the way and just go right on with you because we need to go ahead and get these up. As you know, about a month ago, a little less than a month ago, actually, three weeks ago, a new little granddaughter was born over in Cleveland, Tennessee to Ben and Hannah Gisselbach. Her name is Eliza Jane, and she is perfect in every way, and we're so thankful to God for that. But because of some little bouts with uh, mastitis and moving in and unpacking boxes and etc., doctor's appointments, etc., I have Colleyanna for just a few days, and we I love having her. She's she's wonderful and delightful in every way. But if we get interrupted this morning, we're going to proceed as we are looking at John chapter nine, and we're beginning in verse one. What I want us to notice from John chapter 9 is we examine this miracle that proclaimed to, it served a lot of purposes. It proclaimed to the Jews the deity of Jesus Christ the Son. It inflamed them once again performed on the Sabbath day. It inflamed them and they were looking for that inflammation of course because they were jealous of the honor that Jesus was getting of the fact that people were looking at him and saying, truly, this is the Son of God, or they were saying, uh, no man has ever done these kinds of things, but no man has ever spoken like this. They were looking at Jesus and finding glory and understanding that what John asserted in John chapter 1 was true, that he was the Word, that he was in the beginning with God, and the Word became flesh and was dwelling among them. And in the face of that phenomenon that just that amazing occurrence that was happening in their lifetimes the Jews just couldn't stand it the Jews were completely or at least most of them were completely taken aback by the fact that there was this power threat to them that the hearts of many of the people were turning to Christ and that Christ was he was going against or contradicting some of the things that traditions that they were teaching as doctrines Matthew 23 John 8 and so here in this chapter we have the inflammation rising we we see them almost getting red in the face and anger emanating from them as they look at the Christ performing yet another undeniable miracle. Verse 1, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from his birth and his disciples asked him saying, who did sin, this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Look at this. This is a window, he's saying. This is a an opportunity to show that Jesus is the Son of God, to further solidify the claim that was made in John chapter 1. 
I, or we, as the ASV says, must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. This work is the work of glorification. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came, seeing. Oh, this is so reminiscent of Naaman in the Old Testament. The little maiden girl came to Naaman and told him that she knew of a prophet who could take away his leprosy. And you'll remember the command was to go and wash in the Jordan River to dip seven times. And he balked at that and later went and of course was made well and this man had someone's spit he had the spit of the son of god mixed up with dirt and made into mud placed on his eyes uh, if you ask me that if you don't believe he's the son of god is a pretty humiliating thing to have occurred but jesus did that and told him to go and wash in the pool of siloam and he did so and he washed and came seeing. I love it. Was his sight restored? Was that a gift? Oh, obviously that was a gift. It was a free gift and a gift in which he would rejoice. But did he have to obey? Was that gift contingent on his obedience? Oh, it was. Is our washing what makes us spiritually see? Is that washing that we do in baptism, is that obedience that is necessary in order for us to receive the gift? Well, you see that it's a great parallel there. And what I'm doing in this chapter is just making some spiritual applications from this physical healing. Let's look at our spiritual contact with Jesus and see some likenesses here. The first of which is that we have to obey. We have to go, as it were, to our pool of Siloam and wash. We have to be baptized. That's not all we have to do, but baptism is the washing at which we receive spiritual sight, we receive salvation. So the neighbors therefore, and those which before had seen him that was blind said, isn't this he that sat and begged? Number two, people should see a difference in us. They should look back and say, is not this the person who used to be in sin? Is, has this person's life not changed? After the washing, we change and people notice it. And some said, this is he, and others said he's like him, but he said, I am he. We should confess that yes, we have changed. We should freely say that before the world, and he did. Therefore they said to him, How are your eyes open? He answered and said, A man that's called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. We should freely tell people what we did to receive the spiritual gift, just as he told them what was done to receive to receive the physical gift. Then said they to him, Where is he? And he said, I don't know. And they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime 
was blind. They're dragging this man in for interrogation and ultimate persecution. Sometimes things aren't going to go easy for us after we receive the gift of salvation at baptism. Sometimes people are going to interrogate us. Sometimes people are going to try to discourage us. Sometimes people are going to persecute us. And that's exactly what happened to this man after his physical healing. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. And then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said, well, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. You keep on telling. This man wasn't weary of telling them what happened. He just went on and told them what had happened. And that's what we do. We continue to tell. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man isn't of God because he keeps not the Sabbath day. And others said, how can a man that's a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. There now, and this happens sometimes too, when we tell what we've done to be saved, we must realize that this is not really, when people reject the plan of salvation, they're not really rejecting us, they're after Christ. They are rejecting the one who gave the gift. And that's what this man, that's what happened to this man. They're interrogating a man who was blind and could see, but who they're trying to get to is Jesus. They're, they're asking this man, and then they are not necessarily rejecting this man. This man's not important to them. They are rejecting Christ, the Son of God. We have to realize that when we talk to people about the gospel and they reject, they're rejecting Christ, the giver of the gift. They say unto the blind man again, What do you say of him that hath opened your eyes? And he said, He's a prophet. But the Jews didn't believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. So they're going to ask his parents. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son? You say he was born blind? How then does he now see? I want you to notice the reaction of his parents. His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees, we don't know. Or who has opened his eyes, we don't know. He is of age. Ask him. He can speak for himself. These words, verse 22 is important, these words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Sometimes family members of those who receive the great gift of salvation do not accept the deity of Jesus or the commandments of Jesus. Sometimes becoming a Christian means that we turn our backs on our families because our families are not going to be accepting of the Lord. So this family was like that. They were, they were so afraid of the Jews who were in power. They were afraid of the condemnation of the world around them that they were not going to accept or admit the great gift that Jesus had given their son. Sometimes that happens today. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again, call they the man that was blind and said to him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Well, here we go. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. 
They're saying, we know that Jesus is a sinner. Give God the praise. They're making fun of this man who claimed that Jesus Christ was his healer. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. He keeps on saying the same thing, that for which he has great evidence. Then said they to him, what did he to you? How did he open your eyes? He said, I've told you already and you didn't hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. Let the words ring in your ear again. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, exclude you, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. That's what's happening to this man after this physical healing. And it happens after our spiritual healing sometimes as well. They say we're choosing tradition. We're choosing Moses. Now they weren't really choosing Moses because Moses prophesied of Christ. But what they were saying is we're going to choose what our families have always chosen. And that's what many people do today in rejection of Christ. Just last week we were asked to come to a Bible study that a man was setting up with some family members. And those family members even said, I understand what the Bible says about being baptized for the remission of sins. We know that, that we understand what you're saying and we know that that's what the Bible says, but we're never going to believe that because that would mean so many people are lost. You know, that's kind of what they were doing here in this chapter. They were saying, we're going to stick with Moses. We're going to stick with what so many people have believed throughout the centuries. We're going we're gonna to stay with tradition rather than believing the evidence that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what those people were saying. We're going to believe what we want to believe no matter what the Bible says. They're rejecting the evidence. We know that God spoken to Moses. As for this fellow, Jesus they're talking about, we don't know from where he is. The man answered and said to them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is. And yet... He's opened my eyes. He's saying, examine the evidence. But they're choosing to reject it. Now we know that God hears not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and does his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? He's saying, look at the evidence. If this man were not of God, he could do Nothing. I want you to notice, if you will, with me that this blind man is just getting stronger and stronger in his testimony, in his, his answer to these Pharisees. He's getting brave. He's saying, if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. He's getting stronger. And that's what happens to us when we face trials after we become Christians. We're comparing, remember, his physical healing to our spiritual healing. We get stronger and stronger as we continue to say, look what's happened to me when I obeyed Jesus. And this is how you can obey the gospel as well. So they answered and said unto him, you were altogether born in sin. And are you trying to teach us? And they cast him out. This man's being cast out of the synagogue because he's testifying of truth. Blessed are you when men shall persecute you 
and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. That's exactly what was happening to this man. And he was blessed. He was becoming stronger and stronger. So Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said to him, You've both seen him, and it's he that talks with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Now, I'm not talking about any sort of spiritual salvation on the part of this man. Remember, we're comparing his physical healing to our spiritual healing, our salvation. But I do want you to notice that the response here is worship. The response is the same for us. We should be diligent and faithful in our worship of the one who has brought us out of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said, Are we blind also? Jesus is going to answer them, Yes. He said, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remaineth. If you would just admit that without Christ you know nothing, then you'd be, you'd be okay. You wouldn't have sin. But now you keep on saying, we see. We can do this all by ourselves. We know what the truth is. And you're rejecting the evidence. And when you say, I know what the truth is, rejecting the evidence that Jesus is the Son of God, your sin remains. I love that chapter because there are so many parallels between this man going to the pool of Siloam and washing for physical healing and our coming to the waters of baptism and being washed. I love it. I hope you're loving the study of the book of John and I hope you have a great day and we'll talk again soon.